Welcome to The Real Room. Thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time tuning in, my name is Colanda. This is Stanley. And we are talking about sexual abuse in the church. Mm. So go, go ahead and set the scene, Pastor. How do we stumble on this topic? This topic was brought up. Um, I'm not going to say shout out to the person that brought it up because I don't think they would want people to know they brought this one up. But um, this topic was brought up through one of the roomies, one of our faithful, um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, whatever. Anyway, but um, uh, this is a conversation and it took us a while to really deal with this because um, it, it can become a very uncomfortable situation um, to talk about, but it is a growing problem that's been really going on for years and years and years and years. And they just came out with a recent documentary of a church, a uh, very well-known church. We're not going to, for the sake of um, integrity, we're not going to call the church's name, but this was an issue with that church. Um, they have articles all over. It's not an issue that's been in, um, I know, it's not an issue that's, <laughs> it's not an issue that's in a black church. It's not an issue that's just in a white church. This is an issue that's actually going on in churches abroad. Um, it's not really, at this point, it's not even uh, related to a certain denomination because some people say, well, that's how it goes on in that denomination or this organization. This is stuff that's, this is a situation that is going on in all denominations. And um, I think uh, we, we just need to talk about it. Uh, when the person brought the topic up to me, uh, I was kind of like, but it needs to be discussed. So um, we're not going to be calling out names tonight. We're not going to be uh, doing anything crazy like that, but we are going to talk and just give our point of view when it comes to sexual abuse in the church, um, because there are a lot of victims, a lot of people that have been victimized. And um, last night, as a matter of fact, uh, when I was at the, uh, I call it five o'clock, when I was at five o'clock last night, um, mm -hmm. this was one of the moments that Pastor Scales actually prayed yeah. about. And like the power of God just swept through there when he was dealing with it, because there are so many men and women that have dealt with years of abuse and especially sexual abuse in the church by pastors, by uh, church members, by godparents, by people that you are supposed to trust and look up to. So um, let's talk about it. I mean, let's just yeah. go there. I'm glad you mentioned that because it was like we were almost finished. And then yes. he was like, the spirit wants to interrupt. And he... Um, called out the spirit of molestation and um, although nobody got up and said yeah you're talking to me you could tell you could tell that what he said resonated people were vomiting yes they were throwing up that pain I that guilt it. that hurt that mm -hmm. uh, unforgiveness yeah, it was so good. I have not lost my voice in church in. And I'm and that. I'm just saying this. It is literally and, like that every, like every service. It is it is like yeah. that. So yeah. Like it made yeah. my hair hurt when I got hurt. Like my <laughs> hair was hurting. It was my hair was hurting and my arm was hurting and I can't remember why my arm was hurting. But I like church where I I can you got tell lost in it that i have physically had a great time it like mm. it reminds me of my humanity but like i was enjoying 
being mm-hmm. in the presence of God so much. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, that was something that he called out. And I I said when we talked about this, I wanted to mention like it starts out really minor. And I'm gonna say this, and whoever gonna be offended just gonna be offended. I don't know if I was engaged to Marcus yet or if we were just dating. But um, I was going to church. I was serving in ministry at the church. And I kind of felt like the man of God was flirting on some, some occasion. Um, I wasn't really sure um, until Ooh, one day. Don't make me li- don't make me list any names or say any titles. I'm trying to be Hold just on, the, Lord, as, the Lord will reveal it. Hold on. Keep I'm talking. trying to be as vague as I can be. Um, okay. Keep talking. I'm listening. It was, it was not the pastor, though. Um, I know what the but I feel I feel like they, well I I was I was naive about it because I just did not believe that this married man of God would be flirting with me. So I always would try to like, no, you seeing the wrong thing. That's not what's really happening here. Um until one day um they asked me if I would help with some ministry things. And I said, Yeah, of course, you know, I'll help. Ask them to come down to the church, get to the church. We're by ourselves. Nobody else in the ministry is there. At this point, I don't drove from the other side of town, so it makes it awkward for me to just decide to go back. Um, and I felt so, man, unable to like, no, I'm uncomfortable. I don't like this. I end up going to lunch with them by ourselves, well, I guess which essentially may be seen as a date. Um, but I wanted to mention that because that's exactly how it starts, especially in church. It's usually somebody who has authority or somebody you serve in ministry with who's seen as an authority figure who asks you to do inappropriate things. And because of their title, because of their power, you sometimes you don't feel comfortable letting them know that they are inappropriate. Look, look, look at you trying to figure it out. I really try to figure out. <laughs> You were missing the whole point of what I'm saying. I get what you said. No, I'm listening to what you said. I'm listening to what you're saying. But, but, but that's, um, how, go ahead. That's, exactly, that's exactly how it starts. They ask you to do something, and it doesn't seem disingenuous because you don't want to see it that way. You don't mm. want to see them as being um, inappropriate. Um, so although your instincts are telling you one thing, you're ignoring it. Um, to a, to a fault of your own because you can't you can't stand to see them in a, in, a, in another light. So um, that was like the first time I knew like okay, yep, mm-hmm. this is inappropriate. He is totally inappropriate, and it's been other incidents, but that was like the one. Um, I don't even Did think y'all I was ever have a conversation. Did y'all ever talk about it? You and that person? No, it just made me iffy. I think maybe moving forward, if I was asked to come and help with something, I like reached out to other ministry people and say, Hey, you going down to the church too? Or I just made I sure it was, um, I mean, so mm. I was trying to make a whole day out of it. So we went to the, we went to the church working. Then we, let's go get something to eat. Um, go get something to eat. I feel like that's what I should know. It's trifling. I feel like I thought I had more control by driving my car 
he jumped in my car too. So I was like, okay, this is real weird. And I feel like my tire pressure light or something came on. He was like, just pull over and I'll put some air in the tire for it. And I was like, we are not about that. Like we are a couple. All I need is for somebody to see me with you. Yeah, it was real um, inappropriate, but I didn't feel comfortable enough speaking up. So did you speak up or did you tell someone? I did not. This is my first time probably ever publicly saying this. Nobody knows about this except my husband. Um, I don't think nobody at church ever knew anything. Did your husband walk up to him and slap slap him? <laughs> well, we, we weren't married at the time. I'm being petty, y'all. I'm being petty. <laughs> we, weren't, we weren't married at the time. So he did not address them. And that was because of me. I didn't want okay. Him to make it awkward. So you didn't want him to walk up to him in church and slap him in front of everybody <laughs> and say, "Keep keep your name out of his mouth." <laughs> I'm being petty, but that's I'm being so but petty. that's how it starts. I'm laughing, but that's exactly how it starts. Mm. Somebody hmm. that you trust in ministry, you know, mm. that's exactly how it starts. I mean, and, and I and I hear that, and I personally have never been. Um, sexually abused in church my parents I feel like that was sexual harassment with me that could be yeah that could be some line of harassment um yeah that really could because it does seems like they're trying to maneuver their way into um making advances and stuff like that so I can see that but I know me personally my parents growing up we grew up in a ministry that um was at that time would be considered a, a large ministry um so you have you know different kinds of people there you have different people from all walks of life and my parents like you know most of our parents were very protective of us and i do remember us you know growing up um my mom and dad would ask us hey did anybody say anything to you sideways do you feel like somebody made you feel uncomfortable or something like that and they would ask us and we would be like no anybody said nothing and we would be wondering that and then as i got older you know, I started realizing why they did ask those kind of questions and things like that. And parents, I just want to encourage you all as well. You know, although, you know, y'all totally ignore y'all kids now in church, but although, yeah, you know, you sit on the children's ministry to you, ask your children, hey, did, did, did brother Bill do blah, blah, blah? Did, did you sister such and such? Did she touch you? This and that, like ask your children these kind of questions because you just never know. Um, and, 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 and as years go on, you hear about different situations when this person got, you know, raped or this person got molested or this person got, you know, pushed back up in the corner and stuff. You be like, where in the world did all this come from? That's because, you know, we. I feel like parents need to be more involved with their children, especially when it's coming to church. You can't just send them to youth ministry and just that be it. Get involved, get to know their youth leaders, get to know who's working with the youth department. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes pop up in there. You know, if they have a Bible study one night, pop up in there. What are they gonna tell you? You can't say. So yeah. you know, do what you got to do um, to to try to prevent this. And I think based on a lot of the documentaries that I've seen and the stories that I've heard from people that I know that have been sexually abused in church, it all starts with that trust thing. They build that level of trust with them, and they um, they feel like they can confide with them. They feel like they, uh, you know, almost like they're best friends. And 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 out of nowhere, bam it happens. And now yep. they're walking around with this guilt, with this shame. Their minds are crazy. They don't know, you know, how they want to maneuver through life. They're dealing with all of this. 
and it, it's really sad and and it and it really releases a spirit of perversion um upon them and the rest of their lives are jacked up until they decide to surrender and give it over to god and the lord heals them and deliver them from the trauma of that but um yeah. we need to be more open about these type of things so what was that comment you just put up it said um a rule in my house we don't keep secrets you tell me and your father any everything i'm gonna have to start mm -hmm. repeating that but i do i have we have talked to makai he understands we talked to him about his body and that nobody is able to touch his body. We talked to we mm -hmm. talked to him about privacy and not be, you know addressing in front of others. So the church markets and I have been visiting um, most of their. I don't think they call them ushers. They're more like temple guards because they're mostly men. And so I think what's happening so is like, yeah, well, yeah, but I don't want to call them ushers, but I think they ushers. They're ushers. Like, <laughs> so. I think so. What happens is I'm coming into church. Marcus is already there because musicians have to be there a certain time for sound check. And I think they see me. I got small children. I'm carrying Major's bag. I have um, my purse. Makai has some things in his hand. And so one Sunday, one of the men were trying to help me. And usually I have been telling them, oh, I got it. I got it. But this time, um, there's a male, man who asked, you know, you taking him to children's church and it's inside the, the building, but it's like behind the choir stand in the back. And so, yeah, I was like, I'm just putting my stuff down and I'm going to take him. He's like, I'll take it from places. My antennas go up. And so I'm like, oh, no, I got it. But then he sees mm -hmm. like services getting ready to start. I don't want you to miss it. Let me help you. And then I, of course, I wouldn't let it happen if I didn't feel like comfortable. But I almost in that moment, I was like, man, it's bad that we can't even accept help sometimes because I have to be so cautious about mm. everybody. Mm. Um, and so I, I was telling Marcus, I mean, like, he was like, tell me what you want me to, how you want me to sign him in? What's his allergies? I'll write everything down. Cause I was trying to come up with this. He said, oh no, he has allergies. Let me, um, I mean, let me just go and sign him. He was like, what's his allergies? Sis, I'll write it down for you. Um, and I had told myself, Lord, if he don't come back here within so many minutes, I am going off in front of everybody in the church. And of course he came back in it, but I still asked Makai anyway. Did anybody touch you today? Like even when Makai was in kindergarten, I used to say, ask me, did his teacher take him to the bathroom? And he goes to a Christian mm -hmm. school. And he would say no, because I wanted to make sure that she's not in the bathroom with you, that she's allowing the boys to go to the bathroom and that mm -hmm. you're dressing yourself. Um, it's even to the point, um, and this is probably TMI, but they were playing one day, um, Makai and Major, um, and Major brushed against Makai, his body. Okay, gotcha. And Makai said, no, Major, nobody touches me. <laughs> so it, it made well, me feel good. Like, he realized, like, he's even aware. his brother doesn't have the right mm -hmm. um, uh, to touch him. So then I was like, well, I said, no, Major, nobody touches Makai but Makai. Mm -hmm. Nobody touches that, you know, but you. So, um, yeah. but yeah, we definitely have to ask. We have to be very cautious uh, when it comes to this type of stuff yeah. um, because people do take advantage of children, especially if they are trusted. Look, look how it happened to me. Mm. You know, imagine yeah. that being a child, you know, mm. even when Makai was playing sports and the team wanted to go to the bathroom all together, I was like, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> trying to let, I'm trying to let you be a boy. I won't go on there with y'all, but I'm I'm a, I might I'm gonna be outside the door uh, because I just and and it's it's really sad because 
And that's the sad thing because the church is supposed to be a safe place. It's supposed to be a place where everybody's supposed to feel apart and welcomed and invited. And it's supposed to be a community and a family. But in the midst of that, like, honestly, when I was growing up in church, I honestly thought that everybody that went to church was just saved and right. they were good people. It wasn't until I got older and my, maybe like in my late teens that I kind of realized like, dang, these people are really like these jacked are up. Like, exactly. Like, there's some real deal predators in here. And sexual abuse, you know, like I said, it was one of those things that you heard about, but, um, and you heard the stories about after the fact. And then when you listen, in the back of my mind, I'd be like, well, did anybody notice the signs beforehand? And yeah. this is my thing. You have people that, especially when you have a Pentecostal church, a very charismatic ministry, people pray on the fact that they know we're going to be so much in the spirit. We're going to be running around. We're going to be shouting. They don't think we're going to be paying attention to things. And there are people that literally come in there and like pray on, you know, yeah. vulnerable folk. And so you really got to be wise. You have to use wisdom. You know, the Bible does tell us that we should watch and pray. Um, so you have to really be alert. Like the Bible say, be sober, be vigilant. You know, the devil is like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. That's literal. So you have people like that. I mean, we had a situation uh, at our church some years ago. We had a, a guy that approached another. Um, <laughs> it, it's it, 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 it's not funny, but it, it's kind of funny a little bit. But this guy actually approached one of the young guys at the church. And I'm glad the young guy had enough sense enough to let the, the youth pastor know. And you pastor actually confronted that man about it. And he told him, he was like, hey, no, we don't play that over here. You're not going to do that. Like, you don't need to be, you don't need his telephone number. You don't need to be in touch with him. You don't need to da 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 And that's it. You know what I'm saying? So and if you don't feel like you can tell your parents, and it, for those that are listening that maybe teenagers or kids, if you don't feel like you can tell your parents, tell somebody. Don't let yeah. people force you into something that you know that you that's uncomfortable and and whatever you know yeah they're going to be like hey don't tell nobody they may give you some money they may tell you to be quiet they may not tell you don't do this and do that they may threaten hurt your family and all of that you know don't let people bully you like that if you know it's wrong tell somebody i would say call the police and parents you know i know a lot of times churches like to pay people off instead of dealing with it and taking it to the news there there are churches that'll pay you off to keep it quiet but hey mm -hmm. i'm sorry call the police I don't care if they're a bishop, if they're an apostle, if they're an overseer, if they're a prophet, if they're an evangelist, whatever they're doing, if they're doing something and they are sexually, you have been sexually abused, molested, even if they touched you or fondled you inappropriately and you did not give consent, call the police, kick they behind first, then call the police. <laughs> Yeah. I'm serious. And I, like, and it's I, would, I would say, even if for the people who are not sure if the proposition or what they're asking you to do is right, like you're not really sure. Because sometimes we are we're trying to find a reason to, to believe the best about a person. I would mm -hmm. say if somebody's asking you to do something and you're not sure if it's inappropriate, take a minute to say, let me think about it. And then go mm -hmm. ask somebody like, girl, what you think about such and such asking me? But I have even had like, I feel like I kind of had some weird moment, maybe because I'm a church girl. But mm -hmm. a long time ago when I was back home in Tallahassee, there was this, um, I don't want to say she gay. Well, she might have been, it. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't, she never really <laughs> came out, but she kind of was giving gay vibes. vibe. And I hadn't seen her in a long time. I felt like I had came home from college and I hadn't seen her in a long time. And baby hugged me and held me. I almost had to like push away from her. And women, we don't typically hug each other breast to breast unless like 
sis crying. I haven't seen you in a long time. I really mm. love you. I miss you. But like, I didn't have a relationship with her or a friendship for that matter for us to be like that. But she like helped me. And I was, I remember being like, okay, this just took a different turn. Like this isn't just like a saying, hey, but I say that because it can happen even subtly like that and where people are waiting to see how you're going to respond to something inappropriate that that they've done so that they can push the limit again the next time and so we do mm. we have to be very cautious you do I got a you do and, yeah you do especially if you're like an extrovert and you're a social person you do yeah. need to be cautious of you know because there are sometimes where you kind of you know you have some people that feel like oh they ain't nothing they just you know we just cool this yeah, and that yeah. da, 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 da. And and they and your intentions may not be for it to end up like that or, or things like that. But again, you just gotta be cautious. So go ahead. What's your question? So growing up, when it came to um, I mean, we weren't even calling them auto workers. Y'all knew school now calling them auto workers. This was just the auto workers was was not a ministry. It was the uh-uh. people who they were just intercessors. You know, it was no. mothers, it was missionaries, it was whoever the Lord compelled to co- go and pray with somebody. But now we have a mm. whole ministry for it. Anyway, mm. but growing up, like the women pray with the women and the men pray with the men. But nowadays I'm starting to see like Pastor Baby laying hands on a woman, which is fine. He got his hands on her forehead. But then there's a man standing behind her again, like trying to catch her or. Now, I would say growing up, it was the other way around. We saw men yeah, catching men. women. The men would catch the women. I like, feel like we, women were, fell we out. were always taught not to do that, so that you can like not have that. It was it was in a sense of courtesy, I guess, because if a woman's falling out, especially, and I'm not trying to be funny, especially if she's like a hefty size, you know, that's a lot of strength for a woman. So it was the men that would help the women. You know, now women would pray with you know women and stuff like that, but they were. My dad taught me this a while years ago when I first kind of started. Um, he was like, whenever you're working the altar, always keep your hands up in the air. Like even when you're walking through, just keep your hands up in the air because you don't want it to be a situation where somebody accuse you of, you know, touching a butt oh, or that's why you do that. that. Yeah, you keep your hands up. Like yeah, you praising God, you're still praying and you're interceding, but you but especially if it's a crowded altar as my dad taught me that you just keep keep your hands up in the air as men just keep your hands up in the air as you walking through you know this and that because you don't want anybody to say oh my god he grabbed my he grabbed my butt or 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 he touched her breast or you know what i'm saying this and that now nowadays you know churches are allowing women to be the ones to catch the women and or or, or and work with women but i do remember growing up you know you know, it 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 wasn't as a situation, but as as different. I think what changed it was a lot of people was accusing men of harassing mm. them and fondling them and touching them, and that's when they now came with the thing: if if a man prays for a woman, then he needs a woman to come with him and pray with him with that woman, or you know, vice versa. Like it's it's not that common that men would pray with a woman by themselves these days, unless they like real old school and they still do that. But yeah, so. Yeah, yeah I just gave y'all a little alter nugget. Keep 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 that in mind, y'all. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen that too. Where a man is praying for a woman, he may ask his wife typically to come and put his put her hand mm. on the woman's stomach, and he may put her his hand on top of his wife's hand so that mm. he can pray. But most of the times, mm. I see they um, put it on their forehead. I have seen yeah. men put it on some a woman's chest 
before. I mean, I've seen it too. I saw a woman that I knew women that had breast cancer, and the man, the man of God, would lay hands on they where the lump was at on their breasts and pray. Oh God! I do. I I remember seeing that growing up. I so I've but though times are different now. You can't do that nowadays. So now they would get a woman to do it. You know, they would get. You know, there are people, you know, certain things. So, I mean, it, it, you have to operate in wisdom now because nowadays people got lawsuits and all types of things yeah. and it's your word against there and <laughs> all that. But that's how it was back in the day. I remember that back in the day, you know, but I'm as really, time has yeah, evolved, we change. You can't put your hand on my breast trying to... Yeah, but I mean, they would put it on the lump. Like if you had a lump on your breast and you was praying, for, okay, I remember was that. It they a, like, was it a was it a flat hand or did you like have a? I just remember them saying. I remember the the, the preacher saying, "There's a woman." I remember the preacher prophesied and said, "There's a woman in here with a lump. They she just you just discovered a lump on your breast, and we're gonna we're gonna pray and, and God's gonna heal you of that cancer." And so the lady went down and he said, "Where's the lump?" So the lady pointed to it. It was like, and he put his hand on the lump and he prayed. And God did heal the lady, but like I said, times are different now. You can't. That yeah. was when I was a kid. Times are different now, so you can't really um, you can't do that nowadays. You can't now. Like I said, there are some. It comes with a level of trust and a level of understanding, um, for for people to still get away with that because there are some old school people that still do that. But um, like I said, it's just a matter of trust. But nowadays, I can't get away with that because if I did it, y'all y'all have me in jail talking about I done of this lady and, and this and that and other so but times have definitely changed yeah it's uh mm-hmm. it's a lot i was reading something when i was um, studying about this a little bit um it does happen in some denominations more than others and there are some cover-ups but it was um there's an article that talks about how church is the perfect cover-up for sexual predators um mm-hmm. And I know some churches before you can work with the youth, baby, you got to go get a background check. Background you just not let everybody yeah. come in and work with our kids. You got to go get a background check. Mm-hmm. It's this is bad, but like it, I shouldn't say this. It's 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 a stereotype. But when we were looking for um, daycare for major, and this is, I guess, this is how cautious we have to be these days. Um, it was a man who answered the phone at the daycare, and I was like. <laughs> you sound kind of I don't know sir through the phone and so all we mm. could imagine was <laughs> you pulling my baby out of class and my he not having a good day he's sitting in your lap when I come up here and pick him up but we have to be mindful because mm. to that point we tend to think that men are the only um, mm. predators when it can also be women can be um, predators towards okay. children, towards other women. Um, mm-hmm. We know somebody um, who was who got introduced to um, being a lesbian from another woman in church, um, and so it's it's very um, yeah, very possible. And, and the thing, is, like I remember when um, when I got ordained um, in 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 Kojic, believe it or not, they actually do this in Kojic. A lot of people oh, don't good. know this, but when but and when I got ordained in Kojic, we had to take a sexual harassment class and we had to take a um, background check. We had to get a background check to be ordained as elders. And I remember that. And you thinking you had to get fingerprinted and all of that. I'm like, well, dog, am I, am I going to work for the FBI? But we did, though. And um, even like at from the like some of the national meetings, 
I remember when the national uh, leadership meeting came to Jacksonville some years ago, and my dad, because he was over evangelism at the time, they had to put together all the altar workers and stuff. And everybody that wanted to be a part of the altar worker team had to have a background check. And they had to get a clearance, you know, to make sure they're okay. That's and good. if you did not have a badge, you were not allowed to work the altar. Um, because people are, and, and let's just be real, people are sick. And the church is a hospital, so you're going to attract all kinds of people. You're going to get people that's coming to seek the Lord. You're going to get broken people. You're going to get hurt people. But you're also going to get people that are predators. You're going to get people that are, you know, come with alternative motives. And because it's the house of God, you really can't turn them around and say, no, you're not welcome here. So you got to find a way to keep that under control. So um, and as pastors, I would encourage pastors, you know, to really monitor your leadership, you know, take, pay attention to these things. And a lot of this stuff wouldn't be so, you know, prevalent. Like I've known elders to get little girls pregnant. I've known pastors to have babies from, you know, teenage girls and stuff like that in the church because nobody's paying attention. Everybody's so busy on, let's just have church. Let's just worship. Let's just shout. Let's just speak in tongues. But nobody's, nobody's paying attention to, hey, why brother such and such over there in the corner talking to that girl like that and everybody at the church going and y'all still over there talking and it's pretty much nighttime. Like, what are y'all over there talking about? Or, you know, why did this person, why is this person texting you all times of night like this? You know, pay attention to this kind of stuff. Why is this person in your DM? Why is this person in your, your stuff like that? Like, what are their motives? You know, pay attention to these kind of things. And, you know, like they got the story out now with the pastor that married the 18 year old. You know, yeah. a lot of people feel some type of way. Now she's 18, she's legal. But yeah, if 63. he was, yeah, he's 63. Now, if he was messing with that girl before she turned 18, I mean, somebody should have paid attention to that kind of stuff. So it, this is things that are, these are things that have been going on for years. Um, but like I said, we just got to be a little bit more upfront about it. And we got to deal with this stuff. You know, yeah, pray about it. God is a forgiving God. He's just, and he's faithful to wash us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But however, but you got to be wise. Yes. We got to yeah. put some we boundaries. Put you yeah. And it ain't that I don't trust you with kids. I don't want to put you in a place where you're going to be tempted to do something to kids. Right, right. See, that's that's my problem. This is my thing. And I'm going to say this publicly. People may not agree with me. But if you're going to live alternative lifestyles and live reckless, then you do that. You do that with your peers. And that's between you and God. I'm in no place to judge. But do not force children into that lifestyle. <laughs> Or do not try to force children into things that they're not ready for at an early age. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's an yeah. older man and a younger woman, you know that girl too young for you. Get out of face. You know, you know, you're not her god daddy. <laughs> you're not her uncle. <laughs> you're not. And that's you why don't sleep really with your nieces and godchildren. You don't right. do that. That's why it really begins at home. I remember mm-hmm. um, when my. My dad wouldn't let me and Tisha sit in his lap anymore. That was like the end of that. And then that meant we couldn't sit mm-hmm. in no other man's lap. Um, yeah. Going, teaching those boundaries at an early age. It didn't matter if he was our uncle or what. You mm-hmm. ain't got no business being in his lap. Um, to this day, and I don't even know if I ever took a picture of Santa Claus because that just stayed in my head that we ain't got no business being in no man's lap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and pay attention, and I would say pay attention to the science because a lot of people take advantage of your vulnerability, especially yeah. when they know, say for instance, you're a single mother and you got five kids 
and you're raising them all by yourself. People pay attention to that stuff. So predators look at it as, well, maybe I can kind of come in and try to be a father figure to them and give them money and give them this and that. I remember one time we was in church, we was growing up this time, and we was in church, and this back in the day when they used to sell like candy and cookies and pickle sausages and stuff out the church. Mm -hmm. And somebody gave us, gave me and my brother some money to, (laughs) I was just telling a friend of mine this, somebody gave me and my brother some money to buy something. And my dad was coming out the office with, with, with Bishop because he was, you know, one of the ministers. So he was coming out the office with Bishop Kenzie and him. And we was outside eating. And my daddy said, where y'all get the money from to do this? So we were like, oh, such such gave us the money. My daddy said, who gave y'all that money? We were like, such such. He said, oh, no. Oh, no. So my daddy went to that person. He said, listen, if my boys need money, they can come to me. They don't need to get money from Like, he dealt. <laughs> my daddy told me, he said, I don't need y'all taking money from <laughs> But we thought he was being harsh. But, you know. As time went on, yeah, yeah, and back people then, you know, that. back then, yeah, yeah, people used it, and back then, that's when like we were having them big conventions and so many mm-hmm. people there, and my, and you know, you and you know, we kids, you innocent, so you just, oh, they gave me some candy, they gave me this or that, but my dad was like, no, then about it, and I'm not saying that person was trying to do anything, I don't believe it, but my dad was just trying to let us know if y'all need something, y'all come to us, don't go to them because you may get the wrong thing from. <laughs> you may get the right thing from the wrong person and, and yeah. you don't want that situation to happen. This, but this no, we didn't play that. Making you feel like you owe them because of the time that they gave you whatever mm. and then you're like, oh yeah, you did, so I owe you something yep. in exchange and then now uh-huh. they I remember my dad My dad used to minister at the city rescue mission for like 20 years and he did it when we were kids and we used to go with him sometimes. He wouldn't take us all the time when we were kids but when he didn't when my mom was working or whatever, and he was like, okay, fine, y'all just coming with me. And so I remember we was in summer camp, and one of the guys that be at the city rescue mission was at the park we was at, because at our summer camp, we took a field trip. And I walked up to him, and the guy saw me, and he was like, hey, and I was like, yeah, that's my dad's friend, because I knew him from the summer camp. And it was nobody but God that the camp director was like, Stanley, get your butt over here. And I was like, what, this is my dad friend, this is my dad. And they was like, no, no, get over here. We don't know that man. And so she ran over there and grabbed me. It was me, my brother, and my cousin. And the man was finna give us like some, some change or something. And so when we got, when my dad went to pick us up from summer camp, they told my dad what happened. And my dad was like, oh my God. He said, you know what? I teach at the city rescue mission and nothing against the people that said, but those people are, you know, coming from different backgrounds. Yeah. And he said, that's what, and my dad told us, he said, listen, those people, you know, those do if you ever see those people no like it's just and we had a conversation i was like seven or eight at the time i remember that and i and they was coming to church and all of that so i just thought they were just cool people you know because but not saying that the man was trying to do anything crazy because i don't believe he was but if he was then that would have been a door open for him to do that because the guard was already down because i oh that's my daddy friend you know so yeah, parents. I think parents need to start having these conversations with their kids about this stuff. Now, now say you a person in ministry. I'm gonna start mm-hmm. with me. I'm gonna start with me. You in ministry? Pastor asked you to come to the office. Sit down on the platform. Have a seat. He come from around his desk. He sit beside you. He put his hands on your knee. Uh, first of all, that would never happen. <laughs> that would never happen. Um, and I'm trying to be serious. I and I am being serious. That will never. I wish 
I can't say their name. That would never, ever happen. But that happens. It starts as something as simple as that. For somebody who this may have no, happened to. No, that won't happen. Because first That's of all, I'm, contrary to popular belief, I, I can be an introvert at times. And I'm very big on space. And I, I don't like everybody in my face. But um, I wouldn't be asking the pastor what you're doing. Because my thing of it is, if I felt like you was coming close, then I would literally be like, back off like i don't like people close up on me anyway like that's just something that's just me i don't like people in my face like i used to have an issue like at church when men you know men be hugging each other sometimes like that's the thing now but i used to have an issue like with that. sometimes they do that and then sometimes they be, you know they embrace you and i used to have a problem with me i used to didn't like people hugging me i and i i'm still struggling with it a little bit that's why I like church when i used to do love feasts i used to go to the bathroom Oh my god so you don't hug, you don't hug your friends i do i do i'm i'm getting better i'll say that i'm getting better but i did yeah. not like hug so, so my husband like, will go out to eat with you you don't hug my husband before y'all leave heck right. no no oh no yeah, Marcus, no heck no as i wish marcus as, would as much as you i wish marcus, that's my dog but marcus no they know no no we don't like we'll dap up and all that but nah we ain't doing that do y'all no. tell each other y'all love each other? No, we don't do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I wish they I wish we would. <laughs> we really seriously, we don't. We do not do that. That's now women, y'all do that. That's you know, y'all are more emotional and you know, affectionate and stuff. But guys, yeah, no, we don't do that. I don't I've heard Marcus tell his guy friends, love you too, bro. Marcus ain't never told me that. And I've never told Marcus that, so I guess we don't love each other. But oh well. <laughs> Maybe it's you, Stanley. <laughs> I don't even shake it. I'm serious. I'm big on space. Like that's just that's just me. I'm I'm just big on space. But like I said, you know. So, so but I'm getting better though. David said you don't even shake his hand. That's because David so don't wash don't... his hands. But okay. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. So you dap him up or I mean of course I shake your hand, dap you up. You know, we'll do the little that, but like like I said, I'm getting better at hugging. I am getting better do you at hug hugging. Your I will say that. No, no, me and Mark, no, we don't do that. Are you no. telling me love him? Have I done that before? Oh my God. My parents, I mean, I'll put it like this. Your friend said you are the most unemotional person ever. <laughs> That's true. I really am. I really am. I don't cry with sad movies. I don't cry at weddings. Like stuff like that bores me. I'll be like, oh, like I'm not emotional at all. I'm not a I'm not a waterback. Now my now my best friend, he's definitely a waterback. He's the emotional one. That's the funny part, but I'm not. I don't need to go to therapy. That my love language, my love language is acts of services. So I, I show how I feel about a person. I show that in my actions. I don't they, verbally, I don't verbally say that all the time. Jessica said I'm getting better. You out. That way you didn't have to be around people. That's why I wasn't in a rush to go back nowhere. <laughs> Taking my time. But anyway, enough of me, because I am going to therapy. I will talk to my therapist about it. I have a session next week. So I will talk to my therapist about it, see if something wrong with me. And you don't have to do it, everybody. The first time I ever yeah. told another woman, a friend that I loved her was in college. My roommate said it to me first and I thought she was weird. I was like, girl, this girl, I'm like, she loved me. Exactly. I thought she was weird. 
But now I feel like I want my friends to know, like, if something happened to me or them, I would want them to know, like, child, I love you. Like, it wouldn't matter to me. It wouldn't matter. I don't know. Okay. Just, oh, well, <laughs> just go get another friend. <laughs> well, it wouldn't happen to you. Let me stop playing. If, Let me if stop. It, if it were a male in your position, like, in Pastor Thomas's office, and maybe Pastor was the one who was inappropriate. Because it's one thing for like it to be the elder, the deacon, but what if it's pastor? If it's the pastor and you feel, I mean, call it, call it head on and be like, hey, listen, um, hey, okay, you done crossed the line, you know, what's going on? Like, like confront it right then and there if you're uncomfortable. Now, um, I have had times where I've went somewhere and ministered, and I remember on uh, one time, <laughs> I remember I went somewhere and ministered, and we were doing the altar call this was years ago, and this lady grabbed me and. Chris is in the comments. He can verify this. This lady grabbed me with the kissing on me. Like, literally, while I was praying. Like, she grabbed me. She was... <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> this is an older lady standing? Chris, please confirm this. Please confirm this. Chris is in my comments. I mean, she was like kissing, kissing on me. And uh, Chris, I'm laughing. I'm like, y'all get the late. Can y'all help me get this late? <laughs> she was an older lady. She was older and she was just, I'm not, I'm not over exaggerating. She was like kissing on me. Like, I'd say you remember. Yes, seriously. I ain't gonna say what church was at, but I, it was, yeah, I was like, oh my God, this this is too much. That was sexual harassment. I mean, it could have been at that time. But you know, though, I don't think when it comes to men, when men, like for instance, like who's who that was when it happened? Uh, Terry Crews. When he talked about how he was being um, harassed sexually, everybody took it for a joke. Because as a man, you know, of course you, and you know, we can talk about this too. Of course you're not gonna be open about it as a man because you already feel like ain't nobody gonna pay attention to you anyway, If especially if it's from somebody of the same opposite sex. Now the same sex, yeah. But if it's the opposite sex, we'd be like, man, okay, you must be soft. What you mean you felt harassed by this woman, da 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 Because, you know what I'm saying? So. Even though, but if again, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, then you need to say something. Um, yes, that's right, Sir Simon. Call it out. Um, just because you're a pastor doesn't mean you're excused. That's right. Call it out. And again, parents, call the police. Take they check and tell them, okay, we're not going to say anything, and go home and call the police. <laughs> yeah. Call the police, and and I'm serious. And press all charges. Yes, this pastor. Did X, Y, and Z to my child. This pastor did blah, 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 blah. Call the police. Call the police. I think Call. another way that maybe we don't think about as often, and perhaps it's not classified as sexual abuse, is like even, even being involved with a, a, a leader or in the church, like who is a womanizer, who, you know, who promises you. Um, commitment in a long-term relationship, but you're just another woman to them. Um, I can see how that could easily easily lead to sexual abuse. Of if we have a, if we have established something from you know his perspective, we've established something. You want more commitment? I can see that might, there might be times when he's like, I'm not trying to hear that. You know what this is, and then you you know maybe he carries on during the act. I wanted to ask this because I. I've heard this experience before. I always, and maybe I'm just real old school, but I always mm-hmm. felt like mm-hmm. I'm old school, Stanley. <laughs> I 
I always felt like when it came to matters of like about sex, especially in church, let the women talk to the women, let the men talk to the men. I don't want a man coming to me about my clothing or something like that, but I have heard a woman had this experience where her leader came to her about what she was wearing on stage. I kind of feel like we that's kind of inappropriate. Like we 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 crossed I think the line. It, it, it depends on the relationship. It really depends on the it but, thank you, Angela. But I want <laughs> I guess I want to know like how you gonna tell me what I had on unless you were looking. Well if you're wearing it and it's revealing and it's obvious of course um yeah it depends on that relationship some pastors see i'm a little leery about the, the sons and daughters title you know when you know now that's that's yeah, my son that's that. my daughter yeah you know what i'm saying or this and that you know people call their pastors dad and, and they or mom and all of that but again it depends on the relationship that you have with your pastor and if y'all have built that type of relationship where he could come to you if he's or or they could come to you and say um you know hey what you had on was just a little because I do believe this. Sometimes you can't wear things, men too, that can really be a distraction to the worship. You know what I'm saying? And Ooh, I think yes. you oh, can wear things that are, because I used to have this issue with men, when, with people throwing sheets on men when they fall out. I, I, and it's still in the back of my mind, like, what's the point? But now, that I, but now that I'm getting older, I realize because at the end of the day, some, some guys, some of those guys can wear some things you know, uh, underwear could be showing, this and that could be, you know what I'm saying? So you just never know. So I think, I don't really see a problem with somebody coming to you saying, hey, like I said, it depends on the relationship or if you're a pastor, it would be good for you and your wife to confront them. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, like you and your wife, married. if it's a woman, yeah. Yes, yes, if you're married, you and your wife let, confront them. let the, your first lady go to her. But you write about men can also be a stretch. And we've always put that responsibility on women to be mindful about what they wear. But I have been in a church before when bro had on a white linen outfit. And everything underneath was white. And nobody, he was supposed to be saying, we don't know what he was up there doing because everybody was distracted. That's a shame. Somebody just said him out. <laughs> Sir! Like, I, I, like we was all texting the church everybody was like oh, but this my thing this this my thing and i'm gonna say i'm gonna say this to our generation because i know yes and, and and i know we quote right. that fake scripture we quote that fake scripture in the bible that does not exist that very fake the the fakest scripture that we made up the it? bible say come as you are that is nowhere in the bible that is nowhere in the bible but I think we do need to be mindful. God is not concerned about our, our attire as far as yeah. if we're wearing suits, if we're not wearing suits and we dressed up, this and that. But just be mindful, especially if you're on stage ministering. You don't want what you have on to be a distraction. Because as a man, you know, if you up there and you got on some tight jeans and you're very um voluptuous, you know, and your shirt tight and stuff like that, and, you know, we're going to, naturally, we're going to look. So... You can't say, oh, they, oh, they, it's incredible in here, this and that. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm just saying, so we got to be mindful of that, though. I, it's old school, but it's the truth. You Do your dress have to be that tight? Do your suit but, have to be that tight? But why you can't have no self control? Like, why is yeah, your ability true. to have self control predicated on what I have on? It's a temptation I, thing. I, I mean, it's natural. As a man, if I'm if if I'm a man, if I'm a man and and you're an attractive woman and you already are attractive and you wear something that shows everything about you, 
I'm going to look at that. It, every man looks married, single. We all look. <laughs> we all. Look. So we're trying to worship. So now we got more warfare going on because now we're trying to battle this in our mind, this image, and still trying to focus on God. So, it, so and women do it too. Y'all, y'all do it too. God, help me instead of, hey, Kalanda, don't wear that anymore. No, I think, now I wouldn't say, no, I wouldn't go up to a woman and say, don't wear that no more because I, I feel like that's not my place. I would let, you know, uh, another woman walk up to her and say that. But that's what I'm saying. Instead of having that conversation, why are we not asking God, oh, Lord, please help me to have more self-control. Help me to be more focused when I'm in worship so that I'm not tempted. Why is that's the, true. the answer? Y'all need to talk to the women who are on the praise scene because they are very distracting. <laughs> I don't think it's more so a point. I just think that, because like we I said, as men... This. Yeah, we can talk about this because as men, we can wear things that can tempt women. You know, I got tattoos now. So if I was in shape, y'all would really be all over me right now. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Y'all would, I, I would, y'all, would, y'all would be all over me. I didn't got, you know, and I'm and I'm getting some more. So yeah. So I get it. I think we just have to be mindful of if what I have on, and they used to tell us this growing up at church, if what I'm wearing is, is it gonna distract people from getting into the presence of God? And it and it happens. I mean, I'm not saying that y'all are doing it on purpose or anybody's doing it on purpose but i would say if you're up serving just be my i'm not saying you got to wear a suit and all that because men you got guys now they wear the tight suits they wear you know this and that they they may wear the muscle shirts and all that and that may be a temptation for some women so i think I just know, to I keep everybody like safe man, i kind of like it when my man look good in church like well I get i'm a, just saying. i get a little distracted Don't that's because that's that. okay that's your man <laughs> <laughs> I like to be a little distracted. They be like, "You did you hear what I said?" I'm like, "Oh no, girl, I'm sorry. I was looking at him." What, what? <laughs> I like to be a little distracted, or I'm on stage to know he's looking at me. Horrible. This is horrible. It's horrible. But I get it. I mean, I gotta say, I think we just need to build them because, see, that's what I'm saying. And the only reason I'm saying this is because I've known women to wear certain things purposely, and then when a man approaches them, they accuse the man of harassing her. So I've seen that with my own eyes. I've known women to do that. So I think to avoid, I'm not saying you got to walk around looking like a maid and you can't show off your curves and whatever you want to do and you know, this and that. But I'm just saying, if, if you're going to, you just got to be mindful. You know what I'm saying? I just feel so, like this always only applies to the smaller women. I don't really ever see anybody talking to- Oh no, there's some big women that, yeah, there's some big women. women. I think we always some, yeah. give them a pass that, that's probably the best you can find. Probably can't find anything else, but it's always the smaller, no, more no. fitted women, in my experience, who have always been had meaning to have a conversation with about what they have on. No, it's some big women that need it. It's a lot of big because these these big girls got confidence now, so they, mm-hmm. they 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 letting it all hang out these days. So ain't no wrong with it. I mean, and I, and I'm not knocking your confidence. Do your thing, but don't be like don't dress a certain way and then get upset because. And this goes for men too. This goes for everybody. Don't dress a certain way and then get upset when somebody approaches you and accuses you. You know what I'm saying? And then you get offended. Like, what y'all coming at me for? Like, I'm such and such, such and such. Just switch it up a little bit. You know, every now and then, you know, switch it up. That's all I'm saying. What's that long paragraph somebody just put up? Yeah, we're going to talk about this. I just want the responsibility to be put on both men and women. Yes, I'll be modest, but you control yourself too. Yes. I'm not coming to church to try to tempt you. I just happen to really like this dress and it fits my figure very well. I can't help that I just happen to be wearing a dress well. 
We, what should we call this show? We're gonna talk about this next week because y'all come as you are. Let's call it "Come as You Are." <laughs> okay. We're gonna talk about it. "Come as You." Yeah, we're gonna talk about it next week. We definitely gonna talk about this next week. So, what so do you what do, do you, when you don't want go? That keep getting butt and boob jobs. They can't help it, but be. David, I don't know what that last. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because that's true. You got a lot of. You got a lot of. They they get BBLs now, so. Of course they're going to want their BBL. And that's my thing. If you don't want the man to approach you, I'm just saying, if you don't want the man to look at you when you walk by, like, hey, she bad. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, that's, that's my butt and my boob job. It's more about my Man, y'all ain't fair. That, that's that's like, I feel like it's... self-confidence. Okay, so is that a form of sexual abuse? And why not speak up? Again, we are not saying anything because of the backlash. Because of the backlash. I never had a pastor come to me or anybody in church um, tell me about my outfit because I would always tell them I already have a mama. I feel now, like growing up, it was all yeah, it was always the women well. that addressed the women. Growing up, it yeah. was always women that addressed women about their outfit. Like, like I said, I'm not that uptight because I remember that was time women could wear pants in church. So you know, yeah. but now they can wear pants, they can wear whatever they want to wear. You know, so. I just think you just need to be my. You just don't want to be. Uh, you don't want to open and up maybe, a door for. And something. maybe that's, that's what's happening. Saying. We have repressed our options so long that sis is like, I'm free. I'm wearing whatever I want to wear to church. <laughs> that's fine. What would you want to wear? Wear exactly what you want to wear. Like but, I struggled with what I had on at our five o'clock service the other night, and I had on jeans and a shirt, but because my jeans were high waist, I was like, let me put a little sweater on because I got a cute figure or whatever, and I know somebody oh, gonna be looking. God. I, I struggled with what I, I had on that five o'clock too. Then I struggled with what I had on that five o'clock too. Then, <laughs> and I don't feel like I should have had to do that because it was hot in there, and I got this hot sweater on. But because it I'm was hot, it's very hot. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I'm sorry, I wear what I want to wear. I mean, I wear. I really do. Like seriously, when I go to church, I don't. Even, like when I go to church, I don't like. I don't. We really don't dress up like that anymore. And that's you know. And then. I don't like I I may have one Sunday I'll pop in there, I may have on a jersey or something. That's just me. But I try to be my I try to be mindful, you know. I try to make sure that, you know, if I'm wearing something, I, you know, have on an undershirt, you know, or you know, I'm not sagging or none of that. You know, I, I try to like we as guys, there's some things that we we can fix as well. So um, but I think that's why the elderly is so valuable and important to a ministry to keep. Yeah, that's true. Keep the wisdom. I know, I, and I think I, I can't you know, go to a church without a Without the money, yeah, we, yeah, and yeah, we need we need that older. It's nothing wrong with having a young church, but you got to have some older people that to help you understand. Okay, this is how we operate. You know, it's not, and and our generation got to be open enough to realize it's not in a sense of religion or the, or bondage or anything like that. They they just really trying to look out for you because I mean to be honest, a lot of the stuff we wear at church, we probably wouldn't wear it at our jobs. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna let Andrea slide on this one. But anyway, <laughs> anyway. Sister Simon wants us to get back to the sexual abuse. Sister Simon, everybody. Sister Simon, we done already said call the police. I mean, what else do you want us to what else do you want us to talk about? Everybody's not, and everybody's not comfortable speaking up about their experiences because they are afraid of what they may experience as a result of calling somebody out. Like it's gonna be mm. very difficult to call out the pastor and say he sexually abused you, sexually abused you. Look at the church, 
and Tallahassee was on the news. He cheated on his wife. You would think that the whole church would be like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Them people was there the next Sunday. So it's difficult to like be the one who speaks up and out against a leader because there may be some backlash that you have to But even, even if it's not the leader, that's it comes with a level of guilt, shame, embarrassment as well. It's not as, even if it's not a pastor, if it's just a regular member and they did something to you, it's not that easy to, um, right. right. It's not that easy to come out and say, say whatever. So I think, you know, we have to make sure that, see, this is the problem. Number one, you got to ask yourself this, is your church a safe place? And every church is not. Every church is not a safe place. Cause honestly, if some people honestly tell some of these pastors, cause you got some pastors that's just as messy as they members. And I'm just going to be honest about that. Okay. I mean, they keep up more mess, just like mess. a lot of mess. And then next thing you know, they up preaching about, yes, yeah, such came to me and told me, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. So you got to make sure, is your church a safe place? And do they have something in place for that? Because a lot of times people don't come out because they don't feel safe to come out. They feel like they got to hold on to it. They got to keep these secrets. They got to, you know, keep harboring this stuff in for years. And then they grow up with all these mental dysfunctions. And they start acting out and we were like, that's a shame they doing it. But you didn't know when they was eight years old, somebody had them molested and raped them at your church. You know what I'm saying? So we got to create a safe place for people that make people feel comfortable. Um, And until we do that, I don't, it's a lot of things that go on that that we probably won't see. And we got to be honest, you know, let people know, hey, you can come to me, you can talk to me. We're not going to take this outside. We're not going to blast your business. Um, I know you're hurting. I know you're this and that, but we got to get that compassion and that that confidentiality back in the church because yeah you know yeah everything don't need to be posted everything don't need to be preached on openly everything don't need to be this and that but my thing of it is do create a safe place and people will come forth and if you know someone who is a victim of sexual abuse it's not our job to make them yeah um talk about it press charges or anything like that to be a good ally means to just be there with them and if they are ready to it. move forward then you move forward but it's not our job to pull them along or to push them to do something because they have to mm-hmm. deal with the consequence of what happens after i make it known about you know what's happened to me because so yeah. yeah it's embarrassing and then when you got especially if it's a pastor, it's you against all the pastor. And and don't let it be a church where the pastor got the members brainwashed. It's a wrap. So it's like you're really standing up against all these people accusing this person. That's embarrassing. So it's not that easy to come forth unless you create a safe place. What is that scripture David just posted? No, No, it's not a scripture. (laughs) You know David is deep. Cricket wanted to know why does the pastor get to continue pastoring? David says, I believe just because they happen once, they shouldn't be taken out. But if it's a continual thing, then yes, take them out. My answer is grace. It's, it's the, the same reason Paul, uh, Saul was able to remain king until the Lord was like, I'm sick of it. Come on, let's it's go. The grace it's, of God. it's the grace of God. He's the only one. What the, the, the scripture says, he puts mm-hmm. one down, picks the other one picks up. Picks up another and And, and that's the that's grace. the that's that's the foolishness of the gospel you don't grasp because you don't understand how you could be this predator this evil person you could rape molest somebody and repent and god honestly forgives you as as, as if it never happened think about it how could david be a murderer an adulterer a bad father whose kids was having like sexually abusing each other and still be the king and david himself david himself was a sexual abuser yeah so why not 
Look at David. Yep. And what David said, create within a clean heart, renew within a right. We quote that all the time. That's where that scripture came from. So God is a forgiving God. He's just, that's the foolishness of the gospel. That's that's the hard part. That's he's why long that's, suffering. he's long suffering. So not willing that anybody should perish. So it's the grace that allows people to keep hold on to their yeah. positions, even when we feel like, oh no, you need to be out. Yeah. The grace exactly. says otherwise. I was at like when I went to church, Bishop Hall said this uh yesterday. You don't know what a person did since the last time you saw them in the act. Like, you don't know if this person unrepented. It could have happened last night and you saw them today. You don't know if that person repented between last night and today. If they did, God, God just throws it out. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right, let's wash it and make it clean. You get a fresh right. start. So, yeah. No, this assignment. It's not our duty. Our duty is to pray. Yeah. We, we, we can't. I can I can't be an ally for you more than the Holy Ghost can. So if the That's Holy true. Ghost is not exposing what happened to you, then who am I to go and tell the world or make you, you know, mm -hmm. confess? He's the one who saw like, But I do think we need to create a a safe place. I I just I just feel like we that's the main thing. Church is not really safe like that. Especially if the person got abused that church. Yeah. And figure we can't determine the offense or what the repercussions should be. And there are a lot That's of people gosh, in ministry now who are sexually abusing a person now and get up every Sunday and preach. And they may be some of our favorite leaders. And you may never know it. It's, it's up to God <laughs> to determine what the repercussions are. Like, I hate to bring this person up, but he's going on the glory. But I hate to bring this situation up. But when that situation happened with Bishop Eddie Long, everybody, ah! But honestly, yeah. if nobody would have never came forward or said anything about Bishop Eddie Long, we would have been still listening to this man's messages, this and that and other. You don't know what people are doing behind closed doors. That's why, honestly, yeah. nobody can talk about nobody because everybody's coming from somewhere in life and everybody's coming from some background. But God, God's blood, that's nothing that the blood of Jesus can't wash you and redeem you from. Nothing, you know. So, um, and like I said, you if it happens, call the authorities. You know, do your job as a parent and stuff like that. But um, at the end of the day, yeah, if it happens, call the authorities. But at the end of the day, you have to forgive them. You know, go to therapy, go to counseling um, and redeem yourself from that. Let's be careful. Use the scripture to justify abuse as okay to lead. They can repent, still have the consequence of being removed from leadership. I think we need to really understand what abuse is and what God says about it. I agree with Sister Todd about that as well. I don't, my thing of it is, if if you paid your debt to society, you know, I wouldn't, um, I'm the type of person, I don't like to hang stuff over people's heads after they don't pay their debt to society, they don't repent it, they don't forgave God, because at the end of the day, that's God, let God deal with it. You do what you do, you report it, you, you, you let somebody know what happened, and then you let whatever happens after that happens after that. But it's not our job to determine what kind of punishment they get, yeah. it's not our job to determine you know, how long they should be sat down or this and that, this and that and the other. If that's the case, because you don't have to stay at that church. You can leave and go to another church. So, but do whatever you, I would say, follow the legal route. Do what you got to do. And if they offer you money to be quiet, take their check and still call the news. <laughs> call the police. <laughs> take the check, cash the check after you take the check and still call the police. <laughs> 
I'm just saying no. we don't have we, we don't have the right to judge or place any type of sentence or consequence on somebody's actions. But you have every right if you hear about it, know about it, you experience it, do whatever you gotta do to make sure seriously, I'm serious. Um, that you can get your healing or your deliverance. If it happens to me, I'm gonna tell. Exactly. Um, even if it's a family I'm member. More likely to, I'm more likely to put it on Instagram or tweet it and say, hey, y'all come get Pastor such and such. He just made a pass at, you know, on me after church. I'm more likely to do it. I mean, um, and, and as, as people in leadership, that's what you need to realize. Like, when you do stuff like that, that's the chance you take. Like, number one, by me pursuing this situation, is it worth me losing everything God gave me over? Is it worth me losing my reputation over? Is it worth me losing a, you know what I'm saying? And that's what preachers, male and females, need to understand. If you are considering, you know, taking advantage of somebody sexually, is it really worth you um, losing everything over? You know, so it's, you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not condoning it. My thing is, especially if kids are involved, because that's what really pisses me off when it, I, I can't say piss on here, can I? Well, I said it anyway. That's what really pissed me off when it's kids involved, because it's like you're you're playing with innocence and you're, you're taking advantage of that. Call the police. Call the police. I mean, kids are not. Yeah, just call. Just call. Because no child is going to lie. I don't think a child. This is me. No child is going to make a story like that up. That's just me. Even if it ain't true, call the police and let them do an investigation on it. Just so Trust everybody it. around you can know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Call the police. That way, everybody around you could know. Uh, uh-uh, uh, I don't play about this. Yeah. But abuse is never. I'm. I'm not for abuse. I'm not saying that it's okay. Even when the situation happened with David, David lost his child that he had for that. But that God dealt with David about that. So yeah, yeah. If it's a child involved, anybody under adult age, call the pol. I don't care if it's the youth pastor. Call the police. And you, we we got to be mindful because some of us may be in positions where we are legally required to report that type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I know when I was at my old job, because I was working at UNF, it required me to do some reporting if I was ever made aware about mm-hmm. sexual misconduct when it came to students. So My job in the corporate world. yeah, In the corporate world, if it's adults and I see somebody, if I see another man harassing a woman and at my job, if I was in the office, I would be obligated to report it. Because if I don't report it and she does and they, saw, and they see that I was there, then I could be held accountable because why I didn't do it? Because I'm supposed to create a safe working environment. I know, See, if we can do like that in corporate world, we should do that in church. Yeah, that's keep, why I, keep keep I know yeah. that's right. That's why shot with your eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> shot with your eyes open. Dance and pause and look like, okay. And that's what I'm saying. The church is supposed to be a safe place. It's supposed to be a place where people should feel. It's supposed to be I'll a family my community. Baby in my so. head. I hold major and do my two-step. I got him. Oh, Lord. Oh Lord, yeah, you want to know? You definitely because you did that with Makai. You definitely yep. know. <laughs> and that's Makai. I believe Makai identified a witch in church. So yes, I hold oh, on that kid. P R E Y I N G ing over them. I don't need exactly. you praying over them. People are sick, man, and and I'm just being honest. People are really sick, and the hospital is for the sick. You know. Jesus came to save those that are lost. But like like I say, some people take advantage of that and they come with their own agendas. So we just got to use wisdom. We got to be wise. We got to handle this stuff and tackle it and deal and deal with it. Like if if a child comes to you, if an adult comes to you, say this person 
abused me or this person touched me or this person made me feel inappropriate, if they don't feel comfortable letting the pastor know, then, you know, I would say you tell the pastor if you and the pastor, let you know, and, and allow that situation to be dealt with. You know, a lot of this stuff, I think when we start being more vocal about these things, then we won't see it. And like I said, it's not in just Kojic, it's not just in Baptist, it's not just in the Episcopal, Presbyterian, it's in all these denominations, you know. And I would say, even, all of even, them if dealing with this. even if you don't feel comfortable going to the leader, there are reporting agencies yeah. who you can report to and work through those people because I know what it's like to file a complaint on the leader and have to sit in there, not about sexual abuse, but have to sit and still be around the person who I file a complaint on. And I know it, that can be difficult. I know that can be uncomfortable. But there are other agencies that vic victim advocate um, programs who will work with you Mm -hmm. as you're going through an investigation. So use all of yeah. the resources. You don't have to go to pass it directly. If you're uncomfortable, go to somebody else who will contact the church on your behalf and tell them, hey, elder such and such, missionary such and such has been reported as being inappropriate with whatever or whoever. Exactly. So. And if you have been abused, I'm going to say this, because, but I do want to make this clear. If you have been abused, yeah. um, although you know we believe that God is a forgiving God and he'll heal you, I would still recommend that you go and get some counseling because that's still a traumatic situation go talk to, to a therapist and work through that so you can you know what i'm saying so this situation won't keep reoccurring in your head and stuff like that yeah. um so i would definitely advise that you do get some follow-up get some counseling get some therapy um yeah. you know and because like i said yeah we forgive and yeah we move on and yeah jesus saves but because of the the level of trauma i would definitely advise that we um that we definitely seek counsel for this, you know, yeah. get you some professional help because it, it is yeah. traumatic. Don't delay. You don't want to walk around trying like to preserve somebody else's reputation at the prayer the other night, which I didn't get to go to, but teacher was talking about how um, pastor prayed for a, for a woman who had unforgiveness. Yes. Yes. And she, she, he laid hands on her and she threw up. She threw it right up. And I, all I all I would all I was interested in knowing, like, wow, I wonder what that really looked like in her day to day. Was she sleepless? Was she restless? Did she have pain in her mm -hmm. body that it had become a physical um mm -hmm. burden within her body? And that's what it looks like. So you know, don't put somebody else's reputation before your own personal help. You have a right to advocate for yourself. If that means you got to bring the whole organization down, they should have uh, kept their hands to themselves and surrendered their lives to the Lord. Do whatever you got to do. That's so. it. Yeah, that's 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 and, and next week we're gonna next week we're gonna talk about I don't know, maybe we can call it like church dress code or something. We'll have to come up with some type of because we need to make a dress code for the men since they want to make a dress code for the women. No, we don't need no dress code. We don't need no dress code. We'll bring a pastor in next week. Uh, uh for him to say that the women no we're gonna get we're gonna get we don't we're gonna get a female pastor we're gonna get a male pastor okay i could probably do that yeah that way okay. that way we have a balance that way it won't be so biased okay yeah you bias i'm gonna get somebody old school i got you uh because -uh, i don't want to have to go off on him standing <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna get an old school lady i'm gonna get an old school lady I don't want to have I to got go the off my mother. Nah, I ain't gonna get about the old school, but I, I got a, I got a good idea. I got a, yeah, I got a, yeah, I got a good idea. Y'all, y'all are gonna enjoy next week. Next week is gonna be fun. It's gonna be you very got, fun. You got I got any announcements? Uh, do I have any announcements? Y'all, don't forget, Wednesday. we still do the Wednesday. We still do the midnight prayer call at um eleven thirty. It's only for about thirty minutes. We don't pray long. 
um, is on Zoom. The flyer is on the Shakers page. And also, uh, we do, uh, I am still meeting with Shakers people. Um, if you want to be a, no, if you want to be a part of Shakers or just kind of want to get to know what we're doing and things like that, um, that flyer is on the Shakers page as well. Also, this summer, uh, we are working on a young preachers retreat. So it'll be here in the city. It'll be a Friday night, Saturday morning brunch type setting. So y'all will start hearing announcements about that uh, probably around next month. There will be a registration fee. There will be a registration fee. There will be a registration fee. But we're not going to knock y'all heads off. But it's just something that I think uh, for male and female preachers, those are the call to the gospel. It's something that um, that's really needed here in the city. And and we're going to we did it. We did an institute thing a couple of years ago, and it was a blessing. So we're bringing that back this summer. So y'all be on the lookout for that, too. So it's going to be fun. We got we got some great things planned. Let's call it. I don't want to I don't consider myself a preacher. Can we be a young speakers? <laughs> young, young Preachers Institute. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> if you preach the word, if you expound on the word of God, you are a preacher. Okay. Young you. teachers. Young if you teachers. expound on the word of God and proclaim the gospel, you are a preacher. Amen. 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 So, Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us. Don't forget to tune in next week as we talk about I need all the women to join me so we can help these men determine an appropriate dress code for church. So they I can need the fellas to join in so they can have my bank on this stuff. So <laughs> it's going to be a battle of the sexes next week. We got you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time. All right, y'all.